0: Hi, I'm Jen Gibson, and this is Brain Weasels, the podcast where the mentally ill come to talk about mental health and the therapeutic fun of pop culture. So if you have these pesky brain weasels, you've come to the right place. This is the second of three episodes featuring Christy Seats and Lee Pruitt. In this episode, we talk trauma responses at work, Lee gets deep into the film Inside Out, and we talk about grief and depression in the show Human Resources on Netflix and PTSD and the HBO show, Barry. To get us warmed up, I brought an assortment of strange food and drinks to try. These moments are bonus content that will be available to Patreon supporters. We're starting this episode after a sip and spit out of collagen water. The first person you'll hear speaking is me, but with a different microphone. Honestly, the, the coffee cola is better than, than yep. that. Oh, by it far. It really is.
1: This is Lee Pruitt. Coffee Cola was sitting pretty, pretty uh, confidently at a four. That is a two. Oh, on a good day, that's a two. I'm just relating it to the worst things I've ever consumed. It's two is a really low, like the bar is really low. (laughs) This is Christy Seats.
2: It makes me think of the way you said that. It made me think of the series of TikToks where that guy puts his face over different products and stores. It's like, hey, bitch. You know what? <laughs> yes. Yes. What do you think about yourself now? <laughs> They're so funny.
1: I love it when Taco Bell comes flying like, oh, sure. I've got tacos. It's like, Taco Bell, get the fuck out of here.
2: I love that guy.
0: He found a
2: little niche and he's going with it. I love it. Yep.
0: Oh, I want to be TikTok famous, but yeah. I have to actually make some TikToks. And I know. It's like. I don't know what's cool or funny or (laughs) I don't think you
2: need to. So like, if you want to be the type of person who follows trends um, I mean, you can do that, but some people they, they are popular. They get a lot of followers because they do their own thing. Like they do something that a lot of people would not have thought of, like the guy talking to squirrels, you know, Yeah. (laughs) like not everybody's out there trying to talk to squirrels, making content. So, and the other thing is I feel like it's just kind of luck. Because I, find, I, I follow some people who don't really have a whole lot of followers, but they have really great content. So yeah. it's just like you, you have to have patience, and you just have to have luck, you know, have the right people find your content, I think.
1: And knowledge of the algorithm definitely helps. Oh, yeah. Posting frequently, you know, tagging things in a way that's going to give you the best shot definitely ups your chances. Mm-hmm. And there's a whole – I'd hate to call it a science now, but oh, – But no. it is. Kind of it is. Is. Yeah. it is. It is. It is definitely a like mathematical science is yeah. going on here
0: it kind of ruins the fun of it though it doesn't really it? does i'm not <laughs> oh interested in all my god! it's that. like the
1: pie chart of mathematical sciences and sociology overlap and you yes. have tiktok al- algorithm is right in the middle
0: <laughs> yeah and instagram
1: and it's all that. Facebook's
0: more difficult to understand i think their algorithms yeah. seem to change constantly. Ah,
1: Facebook has a bunch of like bots running all their shit now and it's absurd. Like it's just they've got overlapping algorithms and there's a an entirely different problem. Ugh. I have yeah. wrote some nasty letters to Facebook. Oh, no. <laughs> I have. I've lost my shit. Like, I've said I've lost my shit politely, but I have lost my shit.
0: I feel like that's a good place to lose yes. your shit. Mm-hmm. Like, that's who I, I, I Mark Zuckerberg.
1: I refuse to represent myself in any other way except civil, even though there is some scathing content in these letters that is spoken very well and being very polite and stuff. And it's like, but it's essentially underlying all of this is you need to get your shit together. You <laughs> know,
0: there's got to be a word for that. I don't know what it is, but there's
1: gotta be a word for that. I feel like it stems from the uh Southern civility sort of yeah. thing where it's like passive bless aggression. your heart. Yes. <laughs> a lot of passive yeah. aggression.
2: I'm gonna go home and Google that and see if I can find the word for it. Because now <laughs> I'm really curious. Be. You have to master
1: it. Whatever that word is, master it.
0: <laughs> it's like uh I mean I think southern folks and like British Folks mm-hmm. kind of uh, on the same level as far as like really just destroying somebody mm-hmm. <laughs> without being direct. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. yeah. Ask me
1: about the letter I wrote to Navient when I paid off my student loans with them. Oh. They asked me to share my success story. <laughs> <laughs> Big mistake. <laughs> I was like, gladly. <laughs> I wrote two pages and I'm pretty sure it ruined the day of everybody who works in that department. <laughs> it was, it made it almost worth it.
0: Oh, I did that to home advisor. <laughs> they're like, would you recommend this? Well, <laughs> well as a what? matter of fact. <laughs> so glad you asked. Let me explain. <laughs> uh, that was fun. It's always, you know, it's I don't like to leave uh, bad reviews, you know, as much as just directly contacting. Mm-hmm. But you probably get that a lot, Christy. Like people who just get pissed off and they're just going to direct it toward whoever. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's why I'm on
2: disability now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I I it was just got really bad and that's why I had to go on Wellbutrin to help me deal with it. Mm-hmm. But then I started having anxiety attacks and emotional breakdowns at work because we were stressed, we were um, short hand, short staffed, um, yeah. and I, I I tried to push through. I'm like, look, this is my job. I'm getting paid to do this, but this is getting harder and harder. And then I just. My last one was on January 26th when this woman had called in with her mom about a life insurance policy and she was just being so degrading and so condescending towards me and it was so unnecessary. Uh-huh. And I, I finished the call, but I got off the phone and I went to the bathroom and I screamed and cried <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, okay, I'm going to contact my HR and go on FMLA um, because this is not worth it. And yes. I've, I've, um, I have I've ran out of my FMLA like end of May and then my short-term disability started beginning of June, um, so, I mean, I've basically just been at home getting money, <laughs> and I'm not ashamed of it at all. <laughs>
0: no. No,
1: no, that's what it's for. And,
0: and that would, that would just tear at anybody, but there are still people who somehow handle that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not one of those. Exactly. Two. No. But, uh, yeah, because I've, I've, worked in customer service, and, um, it's terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not built for it, but there are people who, for some reason, somehow everything just kind of rolls off their back. I know. Mm. I
2: I did this for six years, and um, I just I got better and better at it. I thought it was really really good. Um, and I was like, because you know they have those metrics or whatever, and I just consistently got like really high scores because I'm very personable. You know, I can joke around with people and give them the information they need, like. I was pretty confident. I've never been confident about anything in my life, but I was confident about this. But, um, I think part of it was that because I had been going to therapy and working on like trauma stuff, part of that was like getting in touch with your inner child. Mm -hmm. And because I'm, I was basically like, you're safe now. I'm here to protect you. You know, like, those situations were, were not, were no longer acceptable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I still have to protect her and this is not protecting her. And so that was one of the things that, um, like when I talked to my, um, the person who manages my medication, she's the one who fills out the disability paperwork. I'm, i just tell her, I'm like, I can't do this. I even, um, said, let's see if we can accommodate, make an accommodation. I can go back to work, just not on the phone. But they're like, we can't, that's your primary job function. I'm like, all right, fine, I'll stay home then. <laughs> um, but I'm just, I'm really thankful for her because she's so understanding. and She's so um, empathetic. And when I tell her this stuff, she's like, yeah, I get it. I, I couldn't do that. I, I You know, it was, it's just a terrible place to be. And I'm like, oh, thank you. I'm so glad you understand. <laughs> yeah. You know, because part of it, when I first started it, I just, I'm just, there's in the back of my head, I just feel like, you know, oh, she's just faking it. Oh, she's just trying to get out of the, you know, mm. and that has always been like, what are my fears? And the fact that people have treated this with so much care and respect um, is it's surprising to me. But and I'm really thankful for that because it just kind of all of my fears were just kind of proved wrong. Yeah. <laughs> so it's it's been a good. It's been just good, like not having any stress. Um, of course, obviously, I don't have any more panic attacks. <laughs> <so> <laughs> I don't have to do this anymore. Um, but yeah, it's it's like you said, it's it's not for everybody, you know. And I guess I did have a thick skin for a little
0: while, but I decided I don't want to have a thick skin anymore. And yeah, you did a lot of work on yourself, mm-hmm. and sometimes mm-hmm. that, I mean, it's a coping mechanism, but it can be, you know, damaging. So mm-hmm. yeah, I think you, I think you're doing great. Yeah. And I'm Thank happy you. you were able to do that too. It's yeah. good. Yeah.
1: I think I'm it's happy. good you finally start being able to take care of yourself and it's it's things change when you start working on yourself, when you start actually confronting how you're feeling about things because mm-hmm. it sounds like for a while you were able to just dissociate from what was happening in the moment and people verbally and emotionally abusing you directly and you're able to you know step back from that and still function Mm -hmm. that's because it it is a freeze response and that is a very it is a very efficient freeze response that's Mm -hmm. why our brains do it we dissociate um you can still function like that it feels like you're just going through the motions though and it's autopilot it Mm -hmm. is definitely a trauma response but now that you're grounded in your body and actually aware of how it is affecting you Mm -hmm. you can't just cope with it when it's going on yep uh, because you're aware that you are being abused right now mm-hmm. what they're saying is not okay mm-hmm. uh, and there's literally nothing you can do about it because this is your job mm-hmm. yep. Yeah, it is not a healthy place for anybody to be at
2: right mm-hmm. and yeah my, my biggest thing was like not being able to stick up for myself because yeah. I, I've never been good at that like growing up my sister was the person who would like fight all my battles for me you know yeah. she was really good at that but I never learned to fight my own battles and so if something bad happened I would just kind of shut down and just kind of be like I don't what do I do about this, blah, blah, blah. And so, um, yeah, now that it's now that I'm okay, I'm going to be, I'm going to be my own savior. I'm going to do this. I'm going to tell people like, you can't do, you can't talk to me like that, but Mm -hmm. I can't do that. It's like, it's in the, it is dissuaded. I don't think that's the word I'm looking for, but anyway, it's like, no, Discouraged. discouraged. Thank you. Um, yeah, it's discouraged. You cannot stick up for yourself. And I just think that's bullshit. Like, no, they, like everybody should be able to stick up for themselves everyone. if they're in a shitty situation.
1: Yeah, customer service doesn't mean that I'm your punching bag. Yeah. yeah. Right. That's why I, personally I couldn't I would not last long in a job like that because I can't keep my mouth shut for mm-hmm. a damn, especially anymore. Now that I am in a healthy place, you're not talking to me like yeah. that. No, no, not at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would rather get fired. And which is not a good place for anybody to be at because you need to make money to be able to survive exactly. and everything so there's a lot of anxiety there where it's like well am i really gonna go off the deep end on this person is today the day i get fired (laughs) you know and for me yes every day is a day i will get fired (laughs) which is also like a self-destructive tendency so it's a whole different array of problems i'm not recommending people be like this it's not a good place you need to be strategic about the battles pick them pick them carefully that's
2: that's, and you're exactly right because (laughs) It's, it's like you pick all the battles. There was that anxiety about, okay, well, if I lose my job, how am I going to live? Like that was, that was Mm -hmm. the thing that like, just gave me the most anxiety. And really anger <laughs> like why does yeah. life have to be this way like why am i born i have to pay bills i didn't ask to be here yeah. and so like that's one of the things that just made me break down and it's just like well thankfully i've been at this job for long enough to have these benefits where okay if i can't work anymore for whatever reason they i can still make money and i'm like thank god but yeah mm-hmm. that was a big issue i was like i don't know what i'm going to do i even try to apply for different positions like within the company because they encourage you like to to expand whatever and they're so bad about getting back in touch with you Um, and poor 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 communication um and i mean they they handled one of them pretty good it's just like yeah you applied for this but we're looking for somebody who's like really experienced in this 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 and we um you know suggest that you go online and go To take these classes, I was like, okay, that was great. I love that. You should have done that more you know, before, but yeah, it's just really crappy. So, right now, I'm I've applied for another job um, outside of the company. My best friend works there, <laughs> oh, okay. and so they she's Good. already told me, told them about me, and she's like, oh my god, they love you already. I was like, yes, <laughs> so I just all I have to do is just go through the interview process, and yeah, hope, hopefully, I can because my short term warns out at the end of this month, so I've well. been trying to like. You know, figure good out what vibes. Yes, oh, good yeah. Oh, thank
1: you, thank
2: you, thank you. you got this. I will
1: pray for you if you're into that, like not too If god, I'm not in, but... I'm not
2: into it, but I still appreciate it.
1: <laughs> more more of the comedic gods are personally. But yeah. Yes. I, I wouldn't include you. that in the podcast, but <laughs> yeah. but anyway, but sorry. These, I these know guys. all of that
2: wasn't was like these way guys. off a of tangent.
1: Wizard butts? No, no these days. Oh <laughs> okay. Who are these those are, guys? These are my parents. Bast and set
0: the Egyptian yeah. gods?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Wait, I want to see his butts and nose. Yeah, nuts. It was, this <laughs> says, Wizard butts drive me nuts. Ah, oh, nice. And then I have this frog, and he has a butt. Oh, what a cute a frog wizard with <laughs> a butt. It's a little shiny. pink butt. yeah he's oh, so... it's very Look cute. at him shake it. It's so good. <laughs> the butts butt's yeah. like, covered in blush. It's I have a Tamagotchi people. that says, Feed me, bitch. <laughs> and two drinks that say let's get physical <laughs> for people listening since you can't yeah. see it this is a big bottle big water it's bottle big water bottle with and stickers right next to my uh egyptian parents uh set and bast who probably don't appreciate being in such proximity <laughs> to a naked half naked wizard frog and the word butts but i'm sure they'll forgive me <laughs> it's cute i like yeah. it it's really cute um
0: speaking of work stress i've so I spend, I seriously spend probably 90% of therapy talking about how much my job stresses me out, even though the work itself is fine. Um, and it's fun. Or it can be. But I'm, I realized, and he helped me realize that I am in fight or flight mode the mm-hmm. entire time I'm working because um, I feel like I'm constantly having to defend myself. Mm-hmm. And so that's part of the reason where it kind of feels like depression, like a you know, at the end of the day, I can't do anything. I am exhausted yeah. mm-hmm. because I have been in this fight or flight mode the entire day, knowing that at some point I'm going to have to fight for myself.
1: Mm-hmm. And so I'm ready, you know? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that is uh, definitely a uh, panic state, um, PTSD like response. Uh, I got into something like that. I had a... I did six years as a graphic designer. Um, Part of that was it only lasted about six months. I went from the company I was working at to a new company because I was basically pitched a job that this was not the job. I was Mm -hmm. pitched something like, oh, you'll be doing, you'll be a t shirt designer for, you know, what they sold me on for the job was amazing. Okay, cool. Yeah, I want to be a part of that. That'd be awesome. Doing sports t-shirts and stuff, and I get there, and my boss is verbally and mentally, or not uh, verbally and emotionally abusive. Like actually, like like uh. d- definitely saying some shit that is inappropriate in the workplace, and just made me feel like horrible. Um, but then he like he would do the thing where it's like he's not horrible all the time. He'd say some nice things sometimes, and like you know act like he genu- genuinely means it, but really it's just to make the like he just wanted a punching bag, in my Gross. opinion. Uh, And taking out all of his frustrations about the industry on the people who worked under him. Mm. Um, So I was that punching bag for a while. And this was before I was really, uh, this was before any of my diagnoses. Actually, this was part of the catalyst that led me to, like, listen, I need to know what's going on with my brain. Yeah. Uh, Because it put me into what's called panic state and anxiety state where you're constantly fighting wanting to, f- like, like uh, on alert, like, hypervigilant constantly. And when I get into that state, my brain does the thing where I start seeing hallucinations and hearing things. And I start having, having psychotic symptoms attached to that, uh, which is why they're like, you're probably schizophrenic, which they decided I was schizophrenic in 15 minutes of talking to me, oh. which is not accurate. Mm-hmm. And that's why there's a lot of dangers in the healthcare industry, uh, especially... That's why when somebody's like, oh, I'm just going to, I just like have self-diagnosed and like they're talking about getting self-help on the internet. I don't say anything against that because it's like, well, you probably know what's going on with you most. And because I've been through the dangers of the healthcare system and I've been misdiagnosed several times and it put me into actual physical danger because I was prescribed medication that I did not need and that created much more problems for me than what was already going on. Uh, they put me on what's called a bilify, and, um, I had a seizure the first time I took it. Um, so they put me on five milligrams, which is a lot. Um, so I took it and I didn't know what was happening at the time, but looking back, I'm like, that's definitely a seizure. It felt like my head was encased in lead. I couldn't hear anything anymore. And I just laid down and -hmm. I just laid there unresponsive for a good two minutes. Um, so I couldn't move. I couldn't do anything. I was still aware that I was alive, but that's it. Um, wow. it was very scary. Uh, and that's when I told them about it, they're like, we'll just take half the pill. Mm. Okay. All right. And then it, it didn't stop there. It started giving me weird physical compulsions. It made me look upwards, yeah. made me tilt my head back and it kept making me tilt. I couldn't stop. I could not physically stop myself. I would correct it and it would just go right back. Oh, wow. And that was getting worse. And their solution to that was to up my dosage. Oh. So when I say, please be careful to vet your psychiatrist carefully and be really, you need to advocate for yourself. If something is not right, voice it. Don't mm. let them bully you into, you know, whatever they want you to do. Say, I, I had to walk in and tell them I'm not taking this anymore. And they're like, well, you can't just – I was like, I've already taken the steps to wean myself off of it, and this is not a discussion. <laughs> and so sometimes you have to be like that. I'm not saying that that you're going to be right every single time and that, mm-hmm. you know, you need to be open to what your medical healthcare professionals are telling you, but sometimes they're not right. Yeah. And in this case, I had a pretty good – understanding that they weren't correct because they diagnosed me in 15 fucking minutes. Yeah. That is not enough time for any diagnosis to occur. But point being, I was in panic state, and, like, sometimes those kind of hallucinations and stuff can happen because attributed to panic state, to anxiety state. And you know, It's not actually uncommon. Many people will experience that. Have you ever been, like, really sleepy trying to drive and you're seeing shit and stuff oh, yeah. like that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just, it's a, you hallucinate because of stress. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but... That panic state can also have a lot of other things that can make you physically uh, sore all the time because you're pinching your shoulders yes. up constantly and your neck hurts because the the pain is uh, – your those muscles are so active because it's ready to fling you out of danger. Yeah. Because your body doesn't know the difference between danger from running from a predator – and danger of my boss is as an asshole. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't know the difference. It just knows that you're stressed. I need to be ready for action. And mm-hmm. it's got those muscles prepared mm-hmm. and it makes you want to throw hands at somebody because <laughs> you need to do something with this cortisol. God damn it.
0: And that's right. kind of the freeze yeah. response is like you freeze. Cause you're getting ready you're to get ready. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. To wow. jump out of the way. Yeah. 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 It's so damaging. I'm actually on Abilify, but for me it has helped. Yeah. Um, but I was like you, I was on um, Risperdal for a while, mm-hmm. um, and I just couldn't take it anymore. It was just making me so tired. Oof. And I was like, yeah. I want to be well, but I also want to be awake while I'm well. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes the, the side effects aren't worth it, and yeah. you just have to. It is trial and error. And so I weaned myself off of it, and I told my doctor, I'm just not taking this anymore. And he said, mm-hmm. well, let's try something else. And so Abilify and i've liked it yeah you know it doesn't make me as tired um yeah. there's some people that need it are you I seriously but be- oh, okay i no. thought you were gonna drink some more of that no no, no cow water i'm,
2: I'm putting you it know? all together because i don't like cups that's sitting around I with understand.
1: In them.
0: <laughs> um, especially that
1: liquid yeah yeah you it's don't just... want to spill that You can take it home and it like out. rub it on my
0: face maybe that'll do
1: something yeah maybe <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Jennifer I'm not trying Aniston. to like detract from the conversation. I'm no, no, like, no, 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 you, no. You're right.
0: No, we were going to talk about like half an hour ago. We were going to talk about In and Out, Inside Out, Inside Out, Inside Out,
1: In <laughs> and Out, Inside
0: Out. I'm um, good. Yeah, And you said you mm-hmm. have a lot to say. I about I do. Inside <laughs> Out. I do
1: have a lot to say about that movie <laughs> because I avoided watching it for a long time, but then I sat down and I watched it. I'm like, this is one of the best movies I've ever seen. I'm so Aww. glad I watched it. So um, good. It's so good because it uh it's about childhood trauma and how people process it with a like the normal average like a a typical brain processes a traumatic event that's what the movie's about it is about emotions it is about experiences but this is about uh riley processing a move And this is registering as trauma to her because she's taken out of everything that makes her happy and thrown into an environment that is dirty and that she doesn't like that uh, in a school where she doesn't feel connected to anybody. So all of her connections to her friends are severed completely. That would traumatize any child. And so let me preface that by saying that most people need to rethink what they think of as trauma. Mm -hmm. Trauma is not just being kicked and laying in a corner and being kicked or um, or being physically abused sometimes it's just moving sometimes it's just your dad lost his job and you're experiencing his emotions at home sometimes it's just um your parents won't pay attention to you because they're not home all the time or ever you're being emotionally neglected that's traumatic for a child as an adult you can deal with that because you have the coping skills to be able to process through that Riley doesn't because Riley is in middle school or, or junior high or something, and she doesn't have those coping skills. So we get to go inside her brain and figure out this is what happens when a person experiences a traumatic event and how their brain processes things pretty naturally. So the first thing that we see happen is, like, everything's, like, normal, you know, like, we have joy. That's the first thing that, that comes to, out. And then sadness. And then, like, the gang's all here by the, by the, the movie setup. up. And then the traumatic event happens. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, okay, yeah, maybe this isn't so bad, you know, trying to find the joy in it, find the joys Because joy is being very aggressive. A, we must be happy all the time. And the yeah. parents are like, oh, you're just so happy all the time. We really appreciate We need you to be that, right? But you can't when you're going through trauma. You can't yeah. be joy. That's why joy and sadness get sucked up because joy is, you know, ideally that's what you want to, you know, that's your your happy state, right? Sadness isn't just sadness. Sadness is empathy. Mm -hmm. Uh, Sadness is connection. She feels no connection. So sadness has to go because she's not feeling connected to her parents right now because they don't understand her. Uh, She can't, she can't empathize with her friends because they're so far away and they're not connected to her life in any way. She can't connect with the people around her because she doesn't know these people, you know, so those two emotions go away. So then you are left with Dis, like uh disgust which is judgment yeah. uh she's the, another name for her would be judgment fear and anger you're angry because you didn't get a choice in all of this you know you didn't choose like if it were her choice she wouldn't move hell no why would i move why do i move because you got a new job or mm-hmm. new position that's that's bullshit so a boundary has been crossed so anger is definitely sticking around fear because you're in a new place you know and it's weird and and judgment is very active because you're really trying to understand your surroundings so those three are very key to um fight or flight mode Mm -hmm. you know those are your responses for that but connection and sadness are not a part of that so they're visualizing in this movie what happens when you're put into a traumatic state and that into that panic state that anxiety state um and then we see some of the side effects start to happen. Some of your core memories fall away because they no longer apply to what you're experiencing right now. Mm. Um, so like a, a lot of her memory islands fall into the abyss. Uh, and that's tra- That's what happens when you're traumatized is you start to break down parts of your personality that are no longer serving you in this situation. A lot of her, like her, like hockey islands gone because you don't want to play hockey right now. You don't feel safe. You can't really indulge into this thing that you really love that was really a big part of your personality. Right now, you just you don't have that. So you stop enjoying the things that you enjoy. That's depression, you know. Mm-hmm. It's um. So she's experiencing all of this and losing parts of herself. And, she, you know, she lost her core memories, is completely disconnected from who she used to be because she's trying to find out who she is now. Yeah. Um, so then as they go through, you know, these experiences she starts acting in uh riley herself because sadness and and joy are not here riley herself is acting on fear judgment and anger so she's emotional outbursts to her parents Mm -hmm. being condescending because she doesn't like what's happening she's decided that she does not like what's happening and fear is in like i'm gonna up and leave i'm gonna go back to where things make sense because it is the only solution that my young brain can come up with i'm gonna run away from home so in the midst of all this, sadness and joy come back uh, after having, like, gone and relived through parts of her life and everything. And they realize that pretending to be happy is not what Riley needs. What Riley needs is, it's not sadness. What Riley needs is, is connection. So, and that might be, that might come from sadness, but it comes from vulnerability. It's not just mm-hmm. expressing sadness. Is It is expressing anger and judgment and and. Fear and and sorrow because these things are deeply affecting you. So it's like it's interesting because a lot of her islands after this experience, after she reconnects with her family, now that they understand how much this has affected her, they can start the healing process. And then we see like family islands start to really grow, you know, and the, um, hockey island gets reestablished, and all of her islands, not just don't just. They don't come back, but they, they're different now. You know, yeah. we see how Riley grows as a person through the experience, and that's the normal process of going through a traumatic event, reacting to it, finding connection uh, in your support network, and healing from it. That's how it ideally should go. So yeah. it's very interesting to see that portrayed on screen because then it makes me understand more of what happens when that process is interrupted. You know, right. what what if it? What if Riley never gets out of fight or flight? What if it happens before her core memories are really established at all? Maybe she doesn't have that many. How does how does a person? There, what if there's no islands to fall into the abyss? You know how do you how do you react when you're just afraid all the time from a childhood response? You're just constantly acting on fear and whatnot. And now the movie gets deeper too. It's like you notice that not everybody has the same person in the driver's seat mm-hmm. as Riley. Mm-hmm. She has joy, her mom has sadness, and her dad has anger. So, And then you see people who have fear, uh, and then you see the cat, which has like all of them all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which I really appreciated, the little clips at the end, that was my favorite part. Um, but it just shows you, and it doesn't make anybody like, you know... I feel like they, they went with the standard, like the mother should be more compassionate. So she has empathy driving, right. You know? Um, and the dad should be more aggressive. So he has anger driving, but then I feel like it, that's the only thing about it where I'm like, you kind of cheapen things. I would like to see, you know, um, the mother have like judgment driving, yeah. you know, cause that's, that happens too. Or I, I would like to see a main character with fear driving because it's not just fear. It's about awareness. Like uh, environmental awareness, social awareness—that's what fear does. Is like mm-hmm. tries to keep you safe because it's keeping you aware and it's hypervigilance. Mm-hmm. Uh, some people, um, I feel like it's interesting. I would love to see a social interaction between one person who has sadness slash compassion in the driver's seat and one person who has fear in the driver's seat, but they're both portraying the same thing and like they're listening and interacting with this person. One of them's doing it from a place of empathy, and the other one's doing it of how can you hurt me (laughs) yeah you know like like i'm gonna be very aware of what you're saying so that that i know i understand you so that you're no longer a threat to me like so there's a little bit of a you know i I would love to see a movie get more into that but we only have like it's a pixar film Mm -hmm. we only have an hour and a half to cover all these bases so
2: (laughs) you should write fan fiction oh yes (laughs) inside out fan fiction inside
1: out fan fiction (laughs) Oh goodness!
2: I think that would be neat because you're so you have such insight on it, <laughs> and uh, I think it would be just really interesting.
1: I watched it and it just kind of put me in a really introspective place because I do try to understand childhood trauma because I've experienced it. I you know I went through all of this. I was trying to understand myself mm-hmm. and why I don't relate to Riley. It's like why what's the disconnect oh this is a person who had a happy fulfilled Mm. (laughs) childhood that was not interrupted by trauma going through a traumatic event this is how everyone who's not like me processes trauma Mm -hmm. oh and then it's kind of like it's heavy Mm -hmm. i felt i felt such a weight in my chest and but then it kind of was like well how would it be different if it were me uh, featured in this film like how would that look and i started visual it helped me visualize what happened yeah. So that was a really cool movie for me to watch, and I'm really glad that I watched it because it was an easier way for me to visualize why is it different for me, you know? Why is it different for other people like me? What what does my you know uh, headquarters look like, mm-hmm. you know? Like, uh, and what does a person like Riley? What does it look like when she's an actual adult? You know what does what does that look like?
0: Yeah. yeah. And it's very helpful for it's helpful to kind of personify these emotions for people like me who like grew up not really understanding emotions mm-hmm. uh, not knowing how to identify them not knowing how to deal with them it just, they just happened and you suppress them
1: you know mm-hmm. as best
0: you can so I love that we could and it's I feel like a kid you know watching it because you know it's something that I should have learned as a kid mm-hmm. um, <laughs> but I as an adult almost 40 uh can understand a little better if I, if I personify my, um, my emotions. Oh, (laughs) absolutely.
1: That's why the internal family, um, approach to therapy is very helpful for some people because, you know, you're talking about your inner child, right? Mm -hmm. Um, helping personifying that makes you care a little bit more about what's happening to you in the present, because you have to think about, we never actually grow up. You know, we still have responses that are childlike. We've just learned more coping skills. Adults are just large children, Mm -hmm. you know. And so you have to be able to to see yourself that way without judgment. Um, So it's, you know, like you said, it's, yeah, words. My my brain is blanked, (laughs) but I apologize. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) When you
2: said that, you know, you grew up not knowing emotions and stuff like that, like I really did not feel that because it's, Mm -hmm. you know, I kind of had a – a lot of stuff happening in my house growing (laughs) up. But when I see stuff like that as an adult, it's like, man, I really wish I had this as a a child, but it's like, Mm -hmm. it's good that I have it now too, you know? Because you can always apply it to your life. Um, And so I'm glad things like that exist, like BoJack Horseman, Inside Out, Big Mouth, things like that.
1: Yeah, Yeah.
0: definitely. And um, this also made me uh, remember, have you seen the um, Human Resources yet? Yes, I have. Yes, so good.
2: Because I was going to, because you were saying, you know, we're going to talk about Big Mouth. I was like, what about human
0: resources? Because
2: when that woman had her baby and Uh had the postpartum depression, I have never, I mean, I don't have any kids, but I was like, the depression, her depression, I was like, that's, that's exactly it right there. And it was just just so weird to see that, like, as a cartoon. And, like, her husband was, like, reminding me of my partner. And I was like, oh, my God. But, yeah, yeah. human race is so good. So yeah, good.
0: Yeah, and they had very different depressions. Mm-hmm. Like, one depression kitty is very uh, aggressive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, let's just cry and see how loud we can get before we wake our partner up. Um, let's, you know, watch 13 hours of television and eat lasagna yes. out of a out of a, like, cold lasagna out of a... Tupperware or something um and then the other one was let's take a gummy and just chill yeah just ride this out (laughs) have some wine there's I mean I just I think that they really did
2: do some do their research when they were writing these and it's it it shows it shows um I mean I know people could have some issues with it because you know i saw this article that said you know does big mouth oversimplify and it's just like it's a cartoon you can only do so yeah. much <laughs> you can Thank only you. do so much yeah. it, it at least opens up a conversation you know it's up to everybody else watching it to like delve deeper
1: people expect yeah. way too much from their media that's yes. a whole different conversation <laughs> yeah. but it's like people talking about um Encanto uh and about how we can't just forgive abuela and it's like yes you can because disney only had like an hour right. to give you that entire yeah. story and you right. need to forgive abuela because she went through things that you'll never conceive <laughs> right. and also Mirabel got everything that she wanted at the end of it okay she got everything that she wanted you know what her power was so it wasn't that she had a special power she got the house she's the next abuela so shut yes. up
0: <laughs> she's the next
1: matriarch of the family okay that's her so superpower. Just sit down. There it
0: is. <laughs> that's her superpower. Yeah, her
1: superpower is being able to connect with her family and be able to bridge gaps, including to their abuela. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's about compassion, you know. Yeah. Anyway, that's one of those things that people oversimplify and they're like, keep asking questions I'm like you need to take a step back and realize that this is a fucking Disney movie, not right. a documentary. Right. Like <laughs> there's a time and a place for that. We can have a conversation. like you said, it opens the conversation yeah. for more like dynamic discussions about these things but let's not disparage the source of that conversation because mm-hmm. that's all it was for guys it's for entertainment jesus christ we
2: didn't have stuff like this five uh, years ago 10 years ago no. 25 uh, years ago you know so the fact no. that they're even doing it is is a
0: big deal yeah you know if yeah. you want something better
2: go ahead and do it yeah create it.
0: <laughs> yeah i mean and that's what they did is that the creators of big mouth and and human resources they You know took their life experiences and Mm -hmm. uh the things that they had worked through you know probably through lots of therapy and uh just made a cartoon out of it something that was accessible and you know that other people could understand Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um i really like the grief character the sweater, do you remember that yes. one? Yes. Oh my god. Yeah, the only way out is through. And that was one where it's like is much like the sadness character yeah. um where you know it forces and it gets really big and aggressive mm-hmm. and forces them to deal mm-hmm. with the grief. Yeah. You know, it's like you have got to feel this. Or you're not going to just thinking about that is making me cry <laughs>
1: it was it was, it was so sad. Good. i haven't seen either one of these shows but that sounds like that's a very apt representation and i'm glad that they address that because yeah so the only good. way to to process grief is to actually feel it like yeah. you have to all these avoidance tactics that you're doing are not going to make grief any smaller
2: <laughs> right, it's just gonna make it bigger. Yeah. The sw- and, and the sweater is voiced
1: by uh,
0: Henry Winkler. Which yes. I oh my
1: goodness, is- <laughs> I love Henry Winkler so much. He was in Barry. So- yes. <laughs> oh my God. And we haven't yeah.
0: even talked about Barry. No, we haven't oh, talked.
1: Yeah, I haven't Barry. seen season three, and I really want. And I haven't had a TV in my house for three months, so oh, forgive me. I'm a little behind on a lot of media, but I've actually been enjoying the piece. Yeah so i'm reluctant to get a tv uh actually i never thought i would say that if you told that to 10 year old me i'd be like you are (laughs) insane who (laughs) are you who are you it's like well kiddo you're gonna grow up and be living in a cute little cottage and you're gonna have a lot of plants and you're not gonna have a tv at all i'll be like i don't think so bitch (laughs) no um but no i'm actually enjoying it but i also desperately want to watch Barry season three that's kind of like top in my list of things i I love that show uh it's one of the most relatable experiences of ptsd that i've seen portrayed just because like they did something uh in a few of the episodes that was hard to watch Mm -hmm. (laughs) um about how a flashback feels from the inside and the outside at the same time when uh have y'all seen barry
2: I haven't watched many episodes. I know it's good, but I have—I think okay. i watched like two episodes. Uh,
1: I'll preface this with saying uh, there are spoilers involved with what I'm going to talk about. Is that okay with everybody? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, the scene where he's about to go on uh, the Hamlet production and say, "My lady, the queen is dead," and he's—and they're trying to get him to uh, give emotion to his acting partners so that that they can uh, use that in continuing the performance is a really important part of acting is is playing off of each other and his problem is he is stonewalling and he is not giving them anything to work with which is pretty classic of anybody suffering from ptsd who is not yet out of that panic state is you just don't portray any emotion because that's vulnerable and dangerous right you don't want people to know how you feel because then they can get to you you know then they can interact with it and you're like don't so he's stuck in that kind of place which is again really classic to what he's going through because um, he's still in his ptsd response from what he's experienced uh so he this is right after he just um reconnect he reconnected with one of his old friends from the military um and has just before this scene murdered him so yeah <laughs> um so now he's at this uh play and he's like you know, trying to tell him that he can't go on, but it's like, no, but he got thrust and now he has to. And so he's trying to rehearse the line and, and get into it but then he keeps thinking about it about his friend and keeps thinking about what he had to do and then he's thinking about his wife being at home getting the phone call and while he's reading it you see him like reading it and rehearsing it and then hitting himself in the head because he wants to stop thinking about her answering this phone call and breaking down about his kid knowing what happened about all, all of this grief and, and guilt that he feels about what he just did it's piling up very quickly and it and it just overflows and he starts weeping and then he comes out he says the line giving them um, giving his acting partner emotion just by happenstance like it's not because he's trying it's because he's having an emotional breakdown and uh, then she takes it and runs with it and does a really good scene but then he goes upstairs into you know the room by himself and he's still in this emotional place and uh henry winkler guy plays um what is the director's name? Cousineau. Uh, Director Cousineau uh, goes up there and be like, "Hey, I just wanted to tell you that was great." And, and then, so Barry breaks something because he and screams. and He's like, "I see you're still in an emotional place. I'm leave <laughs> you alone." <laughs> but it's just like I liked how they very effectively portrayed and illustrated what it feels like to go through a, a flashback or an emotional yeah. flashback. Because what he was perceiving was not what was actually happening. It's just what he was imagining. But it was emotional flashback of grief. Like this was mm-hmm. the only way he could actually connect to the grief of actually killing his friend is to think about it through that. Uh he's experiencing grief, so that is being interpreted in his mind in this way. So it was really interesting to see that start to happen and then like it 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 felt uncomfortable for me because i've done something similar where the those thoughts are piling up the feelings are piling up and i just react to somebody who has no idea what's Mm -hmm. going on and they're like where the fuck did that come from and i'm like go away you know it's Mm -hmm. like you can't the emotions get so overwhelming that you just get into this place where you're just reacting to the emotions and how that affects you you're not really aware of what's going on you're just, and to a point going through the, motion, the motions, you know, he's going through the acting motions. He just delivers the line the best he can, then goes off by himself, you know. Um, so that was a really good scene, but it was also really uh, heavy for me to watch because I was yeah. like, wow, that was too real. That was too yeah. real. And the I love how Barry goes, like that show goes from being too real and, oh, really heavy to lighthearted and funny and a little cringy and the oh my god that was horrible. Why what, what happened? Like when they tried to bull rush the guys at the that they just landed that was one of the funniest scenes ever and then it wasn't. <laughs> yes. <laughs> It was the funniest scene and then, then Oh, oh no, that just went horribly wrong. Yeah, that's some brilliant writing right there. It oh, it's really good. <laughs> and they'll they'll give you whiplash where you actually think it's gonna work out for them, and it's like no, <laughs> Mm-mm. Mm-mm. bad things, bad things, lots of bad things.
0: No, exactly what you would expect. That's what happens. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. No. It's, that's exactly what would happen if you were being stupid and blasting Pantera and trying to bull rush a bunch of guys with AK-47s. Like That's what's going to happen. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you're not going to magically just it's, run through it. You're not going to make it. They're going to shoot your vehicle because they can see it from a thousand feet away. And hear it. it and hear it. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> that's um, also, Gallo's humor because that's exactly why it's funny. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh my god yeah i mean the view from inside the car was brilliant and also horrible that was like the worst part i was like oh shit never mind i was like as soon as i heard the bullets i'm like oh no and then then all of that happened i was like oh fuck and then the end of the episode because that's a great place to end an episode isn't it
0: it reminds me of that indiana jones scene where the guy tries to um fight him with a sword or something and he's like doing Mm -hmm. all these tricks and then indiana jones just pulls out a gun and shoots him yeah
1: (laughs) exactly let's
0: just make this easy yeah
1: you just put on this big macho show and it's just really stupid yeah yeah. They really played up those characters as if they were going to stick around for a while to right? like, Taylor, you thought he was going to stick around till the end. Uh, no, this was like three episodes in when he was involved and then yeah. done. Yeah. Um, I wasn't expecting that. Yeah. No, I wasn't. And I should have. <laughs> like, yeah. That is what would happen if he did.
0: <laughs> well, I wasn't
1: expecting them to do
0: that. Like yeah. it, when it got to that point, I was like, wow, it's, that's really stupid.
1: Yeah. And some of Barry gets really uh, cerebral and weird, Mm -hmm. like in season two, the episode where um, he has to go. He's supposed to go in and and murder this guy, uh, but he doesn't want to. He doesn't want to get And It turns out that this guy's a martial arts master. (laughs) And then his daughter's a martial arts master feral child. gremlin. (laughs) She just is more animal than human. And that entire episode feels like a dream state. And it's I'm still questioning, I was like, did they mean it that does. as real or not? But no, it's like, she literally like climbs a tree and leaps onto a house and scurries over the roof. Oh like th- And like, runs out in front of their car and just ah! screams at them. And, and you're just like, oh my god. And then they run her over. Oh and she gets god. on the car. And she attacks him from the car. Like, bites onto Fugue's face. Like, oh she's oh feral. God. Rips, the skin, yeah, rips the skin off of his face and then wow. then he's like in a convenience store and he's like bleeding so much it looks like he has a goatee but it's blood running down his face like caked up oh on him God. like it gross as fuck and mass. he's standing in the convenience store and i'm like is he gonna wake up anytime soon like, <laughs> yeah <laughs> is this still a, a thing that's happening but they never really address it so you just have to assume that in whatever AU have at barry is happening in that this happened um but it's it's weird because it felt almost like somehow how reality is interpreted when you're on autopilot and through and and you're having a, a PTSD response where it's like nothing feels real anyway. So it felt like derealization and what they were actually doing. I don't know if they were doing this on purpose, but it's like that's what derealization feels like. Mm-hmm. You're just mm-hmm. not sure if this is a dream or not. You just kind of keep going until you can't anymore. Yeah, <laughs> so you're like life isn't real. I'm not. You know. Like, you know. It's. And, it feels dreamscapy and they yeah. do that a yeah. lot with Barry, actually but that was the episode they did it the most in mm-hmm. i was like this is just this is making me feel derealization right? by watching it i'm like <laughs> yeah. life's not real it's like oh this is yeah this table right here isn't real you know it's like you're you're you anyway. start grounding yourself <laughs> yeah okay. you start I have to start grounding myself be like come here cat like i pet my cat okay. you know cat <laughs> is real she's the most t- anyway Total side note, my cat is the most delightfully tactile creature I've ever felt. Her fur is just really delightful. So it's one of the most grounding things is I go pet my cat because she's just really soft. Yeah, <laughs> yeah she has Cats really thick everything fur. better she does. And she, she purrs immediately when you start petting her. She just starts purring. She just Aww. loves it so much. So Aww. I'm just like, You're the best. <laughs> You're my sweet angel baby, can do no wrong. <laughs> anyway.
0: Yeah, that's how I talk to my dog. Yeah. Um, dogs don't purr. I wish they purred, but they yeah. do lick. They do. and they do these sweet, sweet little eyes. They're, They're so sweet. cute. Yeah.
2: They're cute. I just can't do the licking Yeah, <laughs> no, I can't I'm, do the I'm licking, glad. But... I'm glad I have the cat with the purring cuz it's just yeah. like, oh, it's so soothing. Plus <laughs> cats
1: are cats are easier for me. I don't um I don't have to schedule feed times for her. I just dump food in whenever I see it's empty yep. and she yeah. takes care of herself, and it's are low maintenance, and I love that. Yeah, she, <laughs> I have noticed she misses me because I'm the only other creature in the house with her most of the time. So mm-hmm. whenever I'm not there, whenever I get home, she immediately screams, like, where have you been? <laughs> I've been alone. Poor and then baby. she won't leave me alone. She'll just cuddle on me. So I have to make sure I get everything I need before I sit down. Because mm-hmm. as soon as I sit down, it's baby time. You're there forever. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it is kitty time. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Which I don't hate it at all. I love it. It's my favorite time at night. It's kitty time. <laughs> yeah, it's always nice. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I'm that. It's that way with uh, with Widget, my dog. And I'll sit down, and he crawls up, and he'll Aww. just he'll crawl up my sweet chest baby, and put his little face next to mine, and it's
2: so sweet. Widget is That's so cute. Sweet. I remember those pictures that I took, and I
0: was like. Oh oh yeah i think he was doing his little bear oh no (laughs) he sits on his back
1: legs yeah Yeah. so cute he's cute he's funny i love yorkie mixes they're just adorable if i ever did get another dog i'd probably get a dog like that but i think i'm pretty settled on cats i love dogs they're a lot (laughs) so i'm like i think it's irresponsible for me to try and get another dog so
0: they are a lot. They are a lot. It's like the only reason I'm able to have these two that I have is because I can have a doggy door.
1: Yeah. Um, that makes nice. a huge difference. Yeah, for sure. That way I can be gone for 12 hours and not yeah. have to worry. And it's mm-hmm. nice to have uh, dogs when you have chickens too. Yeah. they kind of help keep the birdies safe. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Widget treat a raccoon, which, you know, for a Yorkie mix, that's a pretty yeah. big deal. No,
1: he's a he's a, he's a a good little <laughs> farm dog. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Nice. Yeah. I'm proud of him. Um, Let's take another little break. Yeah, sure.
1: Well, that's the end of the
0: show. Tune in next time for the last of the three part episode with Lee and Christy. Thanks for listening.